Navigating every new day isn't just for the faint of heart. Ever catch yourself wondering how others make it look so easy? So what's that secret? Kathy Yeager has spent years in the media, meeting and talking to many inspiring people. Now she's bringing some of those conversations from behind the microphone to you. Some names you may recognize and some you may not, but each are inspiring in their own way. It's all about the journey. Join Kathy on this journey and get ready to be inspired. Welcome, everyone. Kathy Yeager. I'm excited to be here. Sort of an impromptu, very unique show today because when I think about people who are inspiring or people that are really meaningful when they tell their story. It's John Larson, aka Tom Travis in the radio world. (laughs) An interesting note, this guy I know pretty well. Yeah, I've seen him around work a lot when we were both working together in radio, but at the same time, (laughs) happens to be my husband. And it's not just like I'm picking up and talking to somebody that, you know, I'm a big fan of. The guy has a following. He has a lot of fans. And there's a good reason. When you talk about somebody with integrity, somebody who really makes you a better person, that's Tom slash John, however you may know him at church, in our family or friendship world, also at work. The guy is is synonymous for being just the real deal. I've heard him called a lot of things in all of it. I can't say anything but good. And that says a lot about a person, especially in this day and age where everybody looks to pick at the next person. Excited to introduce you to the one and only John Larson slash Tom Travis, who I'm not the only one feels is somebody who is inspiring. You know, the first time I met you, maybe it was the second or third, you were addressing our staff at iHeartRadio. You were talking with us about what it is to be sort of a person of character and integrity. And you were telling a story. Your story had something to do with like, you know, picking up things off the fax machine and taking it to, uh, or the printer and taking it to the person in your office that maybe is just still, you know, out at work at their desk and, and, and you know, you could be a help. Talk about that a little bit and maybe what that's all about. Well, basically it is based off of, uh, an acronym of gas and basically i'll give you the clean version it's give a squat um, <laughs> so what you what so basically the, the thought process you you walk past a fax machine or, or we don't have fax machines now but maybe it's a printer so you walk in the office and it's in a, a common area and you look at it, you see oh that's not for me but you know it's for maybe somebody down the hall or if it's, it's for somebody else in your surrounding area, maybe you work in a cubicle type setting and you go ahead and pick it up and you take it to that person. And that, that's, that's what the whole process is. You're actually showing effort for your fellow person, your fellow man, fellow woman. And it's basically putting others ahead of yourself. Mm. Now I that's noticed the, that, that was when, when, when I was talking about it was to, to actually hire people that were like that. And that's the type of qualities that I always tried to look for when hiring people 
for the uh, positions that I had opened. I remember when um, you, you know, obviously being with the same company for so many years and I got to see what that was like. I remember there was always like a gathering of people in your office. And one of the things that I feel like people were drawn to was just your sense of um, approachability, but it's also that integrity. People sense somebody they can trust. They can sense somebody that they're able to be around in a very vulnerable way. Um, is that something you've practiced or just is it something that you sort of just, that's who you are? And what about that quality? Do you, do you see, seek that in other people as well? I think it, it all started uh, when I was very young that I noticed that I gravitated to people that were open, that would listen. You know, some of us have managers that keep a door closed or, you know, they keep you kind of at an arm's length. And I've actually had, you know, tell me that I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be your. And as true as that may be, it just sounds very mm. cold. It's not warm at all. And I would always try to, uh, emulate people that I felt uh, were open with me. So maybe a supervisor, because um, every time I, I walked away from a job, whether it was voluntary or involuntary, I always tried to take away something from my the superiors. Sometimes they were lessons that were not good, and I tried to learn something from them. But a lot of the times they were good uh, traits and qualities to take away. So I think more than anything, people would, would kind of, off. Even though I may be multitasking, I gave them an opportunity to to get things off their chest. People have things to say. They want people to listen yeah. to them. And if you just give them a little bit of attention and don't try to condemn them or even fix their problems, just listen to what they have to say, then I think that goes a long way, even though you can't help them. I mean, you may not have the answer. Just listening to what they have to say and trying to uh, give them some kind of counsel, if you will. Uh, I think that's basically, you know, what it was about. And I think it was a safe place. You know, you come in and they don't feel uh, intimidated or, um, but, it, you know, as a manager, it was also to a fault because I would get behind. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to catch up on stuff. Now, I'll pause for a moment, ask you, when you now transition uh, again, I have the side benefit of not sort of watching um, and being inspired. I didn't have the privilege of taking, you know, sort of your lessons as a boss employee. They kind of kept us apart in that way, of course, obviously for nepotism reasons. They certainly didn't want us to work that closely together um, in leadership. However, I was able to see your sort of, um, uh, I guess, your not only your influence, but your effect on the people around you. And there's a sort of a secondary element to that because then out of nowhere, we get married. <laughs> so you are influencing my very children. And that has been a fascinating, you know, um, thing to see as well. I feel like our kids are good natured. They have a great attitude. But the one thing I think both of us really try to aspire is to, you know, give them that foundation of feeling well, loved unconditionally. Is that, would you say that's our first and foremost goal uh, with the kids? Or is there, is it more of a foundation of faith? Because I know that the two are, are pretty, pretty, uh, pa we're passionate about that. I know you and I. I think the, the faith foundation has got to be the, the strongest. But outside of that, 
uh, I always made it um, a priority to make sure that you, as, as my wife and the children, never went a day without the knowledge that I loved our mm. kids. I always want to say that to them. They get tired of hearing it. But, I mean, I, you know, I grew up in uh, a home uh, and not any fault of my parents because my parents and I'm a product of my parents. They, I yes. guess they get some credit for this, good or bad. But, I, you know, it's that generational thing. And a lot of people uh, that were born in, the, in know exactly what I'm talking about, that weren't very loving, but that's kind of what I'm saying. They weren't affectionate. You know, they didn't hug. They didn't, you know, kiss you on the head. They didn't tell you that they loved you. You knew it. Because they did everything for you. I mean. They did everything for me. I mean, I, I, I clearly remember I was a grown man. And I mean, if I thought about it real quick, it'd have to be 19. No, no. It had to be 2002, 2003. I got a letter from my dad, and he actually wrote the words, I love you in it. And it, it, it took me by surprise because I actually thought, I think that's the first time he's ever said that to me. Wow. And he's a very strong. It, no, he's a very strong man. I, I know, you know, your dad always had, God rest him, had this wonderful ability to be fun and jovial. And he showed his affection, but he, in a different way. It wasn't like the touchy feely, right. you know, and verbally affection, but he's very, he would do anything for you. Right. So back to your question or to answer your question from that, I never wanted my, my own children. I always wanted to let after something happened to me or happened to them, there's no question. They know that they were loved, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Drives me on that. And that could be my own insecurities. <laughs> no, not at all. I agree with you. I think our kids, that's the one thing that they probably have no doubt at, that no matter what's happening outside the doors of their home, they are absolutely loved. They are cherished. Sometimes, sadly, I wonder if we spoil them a little bit, <laughs> yes. you know, uh, I mean, but at the same time, they're good kids and they do for others. There is um, something special. I notice, sort of when there is work to be done, they are, oh, I don't want to do it. Eh, like, you know, after the recent ice storm, picking up all the trees and branches and things outside to get them to want to go out there. They don't, I mean, obviously we're talking about 10 and 12 they're not like mm-hmm. you know going to probably just go run out there and and take the take charge of that deal but they they want to be helpful once they're in that mode once they're out there helping it's like they take pride in realizing what they've accomplished and i think that also is a benefit to you they see your hard work they get that that's what we're about and you know this is a family of you know we work hard and we're very uh, proud of the work we do but we also don't mind doing for others in such a way that it, it sort of takes precedent over our own plans for that day. And how many times have we dropped our own, you know, schedules and, and plans and projects because someone else was in need and they see that. And you've been in a great example of that. Um, and I think that also shows a different kind of love. So you're teaching them love, not only for themselves, but I believe there's been a precedent set. It is a priority to love others, even before our own, sort of, you know, priorities and, and, and agendas. And uh, that, again, is, is something very special. 
Well, I, think even doing it to, I think even doing it to each other um, inside the house. Right? You know, we, you know, yeah. we try to tell the boy, you know, to each other, you know, the other, your, your brother and sister ahead of yourself, you know, put your parents ahead of yourself. And, but it's just a lesson uh-huh. of sacrifice or just love and your fellow brother or sister. And, you know, like that, they're going to treat you differently. Taking a quick break to mention our sponsor today, Supreme Fixture Company. It's a full-service commercial food service contractor. They do a wide range, an absolute amazing job of design, build, supply. They serve the community so wholeheartedly. Tim and his staff, I have to tell you, this incredible organization is the one that did the renovation at OSU for the beautiful new stadium that uh, um, was installed. I guess, gosh, it's been a few years now. Um, I will tell you. They're also very heart-filled and selfless as they took on the project at the National Institute on Developmental Delays for Home Integration and are helping in their Camp Benedictine rebuild with a brand new commercial kitchen. They are so amazing at what they do and the fact that they give so much makes them even all the more special. If you want to go to supremefixture.com, they have locations that serve this area as well as Arkansas, so Oklahoma as well. You have to check out the amazing kitchens they've done. They've got a beautiful gallery so you can see their products um, and how they do these incredible, incredible jobs that they do. If you're interested in a commercial kitchen or even residential, check out Supreme Fixture Company Incorporated at supremefixture.com. Now back to Mindful with Kathy Yeager on the Stream Grace Network. You know, in, in the years that I've obviously we've been together for, I, I never, you're the numbers guy. You are so great. You're, you're great about remembering our anniversaries and all that stuff. But uh, I don't remember how long we've been married. <laughs> uh, we were going on 14 years. Good Lord. And I'm only 20. So that's so weird. Any, uh, mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. Um, so the interesting thing is I know we've been on the air before, like where you filled in for my morning, morning show partner um, over the years, especially at iHeart. And we'd have that kind of deal where we were broadcasting at the same time, but I don't think we've ever talked about things like this in a broadcast. So that's pretty cool. I've got the privilege of interviewing my own, you know, uh, hubby dubby. And I love that. And I think it's really cool that you realize how cherished you are because we're, you're such a valuable person in our family, but you know what else I've noticed since not working together and watching the way your former staff still stays connected to you, still reaches out. We hear almost daily from people that you've worked with over the years and they just, you know, love you or you've influenced them or you've done something that has changed the course of their career for the better or you've, you know, broadened a path for them that they've never considered. I mean, there's been a lot of things that you've done. So granted, you still have a new chapter and a lot more exciting years, especially again in our company or, um, you know, with all your new work. But at the same time, what I love is that even as your adventure continues and this new chapter unfolds, 
what you've done, the legacy of what's left from your path in this incredible business of ours has actually blessed I can't even count the uh, the number of lives. And so for that, I mean, I, I think that that is not only truly inspiring, but I think when we are asked to be stewards, um, uh, you know, a lot of us give 10%, say, for instance, to our church um, or to or as well as our charities. Obviously, we support um, you know, in this family, uh, the National Institute on Developmental Delays as of recent. Um, we've also in the past celebrated the, the, the work of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and, and St. Elijah, our, our church. I mean, you know, it's, it's a, an honorable commitment. But I think there's still a stewardship when you have um, done this kind of thing that has been so selfless that you can look across the course of your life and um, see the people that you've helped blossom, you know, whether family or, or coworker or friend. And, and, and that's, that, that, that's worth um, accommodation because if anyone's listening and thinks I don't make a difference, you got, you're a very soft-spoken guy. You're not out there trying to, you know, beat your chest and say, look at me. And yet look how many people who you have improved their lives for the better and you may never have ever seen them again. You know, one of the, that's pretty amazing. One of the things that I learned early in my career was to, and we don't do this enough as managers is to train people to replace you. And mm. I, I had a manager when I was in little rock that was like that. And even beyond that, I mean, even, I go to a point of saying, you know, he would be a mentor to me. Uh, and if, and I know many people that have been, that he has mentored that have gone on and done great things in the, in the broadcast industry. I learned from him to, to instill as much as you can. And you actually, you skill people up. You don't, you don't keep them down. You have to skill them up and teach them the tools that they need based on the path that they want to take. Some people have, uh, special abilities, like special traits to do certain things. Others are different. Some can do all of it. And you, you try to focus on that and you want to, you want to give them an opportunity to pursue whatever that is to a point that I had, I had another boss that I didn't always agree with, but he'd said something uh, very poignant to me that, that has always stuck with me. He came into our uh, radio station as our program director. He was brand new. And he said the words, if anybody is in a position that they, they're okay with, but they would like to do something else, you have two weeks to tell me about it, and I'll try to put you in that position. And I really thought that was interesting because he was willing to change somebody's course for the sake of, not for the radio station, but for their good. And I've always tried to to do that. So as people that have worked under me have come to uh, larger positions in management and, and have done great things in radio. I've learned to really enjoy that. I mean, I really enjoy watching, uh, you know, certain people excel and it's not about, you know, people getting um, people that are smarter than you or pe people that are better than you. I think if you're a good manager, you want those people working for you because you don't want to have to, 
uh, light a fire under somebody or drag them along behind you. You want to be able to say, okay, guys, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> you know, I need you to, I need to pull you back a little bit, you know, pull, pull, pull the reins back on your horse uh, because it's easier to pull the reins back on somebody than it is to light a fire under them, honestly. That's true. I will tell you, I think a lot of bosses um, have this fear that they're going to invest all of that in you and then you go and take it somewhere else. But I would almost argue, but for the boss that like I had a boss similar to what whom you were speaking, um, Amjad Oyubi, when I worked at OSU, one of the things I remember so poignantly was he invested so much in in not just my work, but my um, sort of character as, and I could tell he truly believed in me and that kept me from ever wanting to sort of leave it developed not only a loyalty but it offered me this place where I knew I would grow and I couldn't be sure that I could take that and grow in other places so it was amazing as long as we got to work together and I've had a couple of other bosses John Selner at iHeartRadio I mean well at the time we weren't at iHeart we were at another company early on and then even you know Father Paul Zoller who is offered this amazing vision to the National Institute on Developmental Delays that we talk about for over 50 years. He's been sort of growing that and he hasn't slowed down and the man's like 80 now. <laughs> so when you do have somebody like yourself, like these bosses, it is um, something that I wish could translate to more of our population. Look at our political system. If we had this ounce of integrity spread through, we wouldn't be sitting in this very confused time that we're in right now. So it would be nice to see more of us sort of spread that and let that sort of flow through our society, wouldn't it? It would be a, it would be a true amazing I blessing. I know that you um, were on the way out the door when I decided uh, immediately, as a wife does, that I was going to change your honeydew list and put you on the air. Uh, but thank you for spending some time. I think there are several other conversations that yet in even parenting or marriage that we could have here, but maybe we'll save those for another day. But thank you for spending some time with me, not only in life, but in this broadcast and <laughs> staying mindful and inspiring others. Absolutely. Appreciate you. And you too. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time on Mindful with Kathy Yeager on the Stream Grace Network.